Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The only person I've ever told is my wife at the time. Now my ex. She laughed and accused me of making it all up. Before I get to my encounter, I'll give you a little backstory. I was born in Mobile, Alabama in 1964. Up until the mid-twenties, I'd never been on any higher ground than a couple of hundred feet above sea level. In the mid-eighties to early nineties, my sister had gotten married and moved to Rowan Mountain in eastern Tennessee. My wife and I took a trip up there to visit for a week. After the first few days of running around and seeing the sights, we spent the day just hanging out at the house. This led to a few cold beverages being consumed and the grill getting fired up that evening. Later that night, around 9 p.m., I went out on the back porch to get another beer. 
That's when I noticed about half a dozen deer about 100 yards out in the field behind the house. One had a nice rack, and I couldn't quite make out the number of points, so I slipped off the porch and eased over to the corner of the fence, which put me about 60 to 70 yards away from them. As I'm standing there against the fence watching the deer, the big one was a nice 10-point minimum 200 class. That's when I noticed the moon. When I say it noticed, I mean noticed. It was huge and seemed so much closer than I'd ever seen it before. Now I've been out in the Gulf of Mexico at night and been able to witness the moon well away from any city lights and you can see all kinds of detail on the surface of the moon with the naked eye. But that night, I finally understood what the word awesome means or what awestruck means. So I'm standing at this fence watching the deer, or was supposed to be, but I can't take my eyes off this big glowing yellowish orange ball of light that seems to be just out of reach. So after what I thought was around 20 minutes later, I found out it was more like an hour. I start noticing a tickling sensation on the back of my neck. I shrugged my shoulders and turned my neck a couple of times, trying to shake loose whatever it was that was tickling me, and just then the deer got spooked and bounced away. The noise finally forced me to break my gaze on the moon. That's when I realized that I've probably been out there long enough. I decided to go back inside. I took one last look and mumbled it. Wow! At the beauty of this little sun. Reflecting satellite that orbits our world, and that's when it hit me. I felt the hot breath of a huge creature hit the back of my neck at the same time hearing or feeling the deepest chest rumbling. <gasps> I've ever heard. I spied onto my right, looking over my shoulder. All I could see was black as far as my peripheral vision would allow. It was all Bigfoot. This all happened in a split second. When I got my head around far enough, I realized that my face was maybe eight to ten inches away from this thing's upper abdomen. Looking up, I saw this beast's pectoral muscles stuck off his chest about six inches and were huge. His chest was every bit of four and a half feet wide, his shoulders, they were as big as basketballs, added another foot or so on each side from shoulder to shoulder. This thing was at least six feet wide. I'd not got a good look at his hands or face, but his arms were probably more impressive than his chest and shoulders. If Hulk Hogan has 22-inch pipe bones, this bipedal beast was sporting 28 to 30-inch guns. His forearms would make Pape jealous. His arms were covered in long, dark hair, maybe four or six inches in length. If I had to guess, this behemoth must have been around ten feet tall and seven to eight hundred pounds. As far as his face goes, from the angle I was at all, it could make out was a squared-off bearded chin. I can't see a nose, eyes, ears, raised brow ridge, conical head, nothing. So I can't say whether it looked more like a man or an ape. His arms were more like an ape's, but his chest was more human. Like, just a little more hairy than most. Now this is where the story starts getting weird. As I mentioned earlier, it all happened in a split second. As I spun around and was in the process of looking up, this thing was going from a bent-over position to standing up straight and taking a step back to his right. As he pulled his left leg over his right, it was like he was slipping through a slit in a green screen. I'm not sure if it was a portal or some sort of inter-dimensional doorway or what. All I know is this huge thing vanished within that split second. By the way, there was no foul smell associated with this creature. There was a slight musty smell, but it reminded me of the same smell a horse gives off. 
I mean, you could smell it, but I'm not going to say it was a stench. I will say this, I hear a lot of people saying that these things are evil and demons, and they may be. All I know is I got the impression that this beast was intelligent and appreciated my interest in the moon. The hum that he gave out made me feel the same way I would feel when I do something good that would make my grandfather proud and he would give me the same approving. I'm that this Bigfoot did. You just never had the same volume or power that this thing did. I live in Nebraska. One night in July 2020 when I was driving from Lincoln to Kearney. I hate driving on the interstate so I use the highway. I was about to enter the city of Grand Island. About ten miles out when my girlfriend saw something on her side of the car. So I looked and I thought I saw a little girl standing next to a wrecked car. So I stopped, turned around, drove back, parked, and walked back to her. When I was about 20 yards away, she turned, and when she did, I realized that her knees were buckled inward, and she was missing half her face. Needless to say, I turned around and hauled my butt away from there. We got to Grand Island and went to the police station. I told them what I saw. They told me that ten years ago there was a car crash in that spot and the car caught on fire and burned the girl's face, along and her brother and mother. When they were investigating the collision, the medical examiner said that the mother and brother died instantly, but the little girl had her knees broken and was burned. She later died because of the blood loss and the damage to the brain. I just wanted to put this story out there. Needless to say, make sure that you get help before investigating something. I don't know too much about the full extent of the sighting, but back in 2001, my dad worked for a farming company and had to help in building a new grain silo. He said that while he was working, he kept getting the feeling he and the others were being watched. He happened to glance up at a tree line close by while grabbing a panel and said he saw something thin and pale staring at him. It didn't make any noise and most definitely wasn't an albino deer or a goat. He kept eye contact with it for about 30 seconds before it backed away and disappeared. He didn't talk about it, but when he and the others went to lunch, one of them brought up that alien-looking F, and my dad said he'd been so bewildered by it that he didn't know what to call it. In my local area, we've had several paranormal events, aliens, which I have a hard time believing, our own Bigfoot called Murfreesboro Mud Monster, the Enfield Horror, Whistlers, Native Spirits, Thunderbirds, that sort of stuff. My dad only recently told me about this, and I've been searching for what it was called. I definitely think he saw a crawler, and possibly a young one, since it seemed like it was insanely curious. But I don't know what. Does everyone here think? My daughter, who was 11 years old at the time, was visiting my parents for the weekend during the summer. They own 55 acres in the woods in northern Michigan. Most of the property near the home is cleared, roughly about seven acres. The rest has sporadic trees here and there until you get to the back eight acres. Before it gets dark, they like to sit out on their screened-in porch and watch the deer come out to eat, which was done this night. The plan was to wait till the sun went down so she could practice riding her CT-200 Coleman bike. It is a small bike that only went 20 miles per hour, and it had a decent headlight on it. 
so it was good for the cleared trails on the property. While her and my dad were sitting on the porch just before sunset, my daughter was watching the open field for deer, but instead she seen something that looked like a white dog moving very slowly. It was roughly 200 yards away from them, and she said, Grandpa, what is that? He looked, and he looked very confused. My dad is a man who has grown up in the woods. He knows every animal and everything possible about where they live. He told her it looked like it could have been a white coyote. It had a similar size, but it didn't look like any coyote he had seen. The body of the creature was very thin, almost bone-skinny, and didn't have a tail. He went and quickly grabbed the binoculars from inside the house. He looked, and he said it looks really deformed, like a deformed pit bull. It's facing away, so I can't really see its face. It left view, and they continued sitting there, waiting for dark. When the sun set, my dad made sure to tell her not to go fast, because riding at night was something new. He knew that she knew the lay of the land well, but was worried since it was her first time doing laps night riding. When he was done with his safety brief, she took off. As she was riding her way around the property, she had a weird feeling of being watched. But she pushed those thoughts to the side because she assumed it was nerves on top of it being dark in the woods. As she rounded the corner to the straightaway with her light shining down the path, the light from her bike reflected back two eyes. She slowed her bike down, thinking it was a coyote or a deer. As she came slowly closer, she realized it was white. She was frozen in a panic when she realized that this was the creature she and my dad seen in the field. Only this time she was just feet away. The creature was facing her, and she was able to clearly see its head this time. It was crouching with its long, skinny arms hanging down against its side. It had the head of a human, a human dying of malnutrition. It had a huge chest, and its ribcage was very prominent. What she thought was white fur was skin. It had white skin with gray undertones. It looked like death. Its eyes were half the size of its head and completely reflected the light from her bike. She was still riding towards it, unable to react due to being frozen in fear. The creature's mouth then became clear. It was really big and unnatural. As she got closer, she started to realize that this creature was very tall. Tall like my dad, who is six foot three. She said the long, skinny arms that hung down to its sides had human-like hands. She started to feel sick and woozy. Then she snapped out of it, turned the bike around, and headed back to the house as fast as the bike went. I ventured into the vast wilderness of Alaska, embarking on a solo hunting expedition in pursuit of stags. The dense forests promised both challenge and opportunity, their secluded depths holding the potential for a prized catch. With every step I took, the sunlight above grew dimmer, until finally I found myself enveloped in an eerie twilight beneath the towering canopy. As I ventured deeper into the woods, an uncanny sensation tingled at the back of my neck, urging me to be on high alert. I followed the winding path, my senses sharpened by the absence of sunlight. And then there it was, a figure emerging from the shadows, an enigma shrouded in darkness. The creature loomed before me, its large silhouette contrasting sharply against the subdued forest backdrop. 
It stood upright, walking with an unsettling grace that defied the norms of the animal kingdom. My heart raced as I instinctively sought shelter behind a nearby tree, my breath caught in my throat. Peering cautiously from my hiding place, I saw the creature draw nearer, its dark form manifesting only a few feet away. It appeared black, slightly shorter than myself, and devoid of any discernible neck. No eyes met my gaze, as if it were a creature stripped of the very essence of light. As the creature approached the tree, I cowered behind. It lifted its head, its nose raised to the air. It seemed to sniff, as if detecting a scent that eluded me. My body froze in terror, rendering me incapable of even the slightest movement. I stood there, a statue in presence of an enigma. Then, as abruptly as it arrived, the creature turned away, walking casually and disappearing into the depths of the forest. Relief washed over me, but confusion and curiosity lingered in its wake. Who, or what, was this mysterious entity that defied the natural order of the world? Driven by both awe and trepidation, I raised my rifle, taking aim at the retreating figure. I pulled the trigger the resounding crack splitting the air. The bullet struck the creature, but to my astonishment it merely ricocheted off its impenetrable skin. It was as if the very essence of the creature repelled the force of my attack, leaving no trace of harm as the creature vanished into the depths of the forest. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A knot of bewilderment tightened within me. I pondered the implications of this encounter, grappling with the knowledge that there were realms beyond my comprehension. My mind swirled with questions, but when I returned home, my wife greeted me with anticipation eager to hear of my hunt. Silence fell upon my lips as I wrestled with the unexplainable encounter I had experienced. No words could capture the profound impact that encounter had on me, and so I remained silent, preserving the enigma of that secluded forest within my own heart. It 
In 2017, I was an undergrad living with three other students in a rough student house in a big city. For context on the layout of the house, this will be beneficial for the story. My bedroom was the only one on the ground floor beside the front door and opposite the kitchen. We only had a front door and front windows, no back door. My bed was in the middle of the room. The bottom of the bed was facing the bedroom door. There were three floors in total. Two bedrooms on the second floor, and another bedroom and sitting room on the third floor. One June evening, we all decided to head out with a few other friends who came around for pre-drinks. For a big drunken night out in town to simultaneously celebrate end of exams. My 21st birthday and one big last hurrah before everyone went back home or went traveling for the summer. I'm not a huge clubber, so me and my then-boyfriend were ready to go home at around 11.30 a.m. We hitched an Uber back, drunkenly got a takeaway, and passed out in bed around 2.30 a.m. At 4.30 a.m., we were both jolted awake by one of my housemates slamming open the door with, We've been robbed. We rubbed our eyes in bewilderment, as neither of us had woken up and thought she was playing some horrible prank. Surely, given our proximity to the front door, we would heard something. We walked up the stairs to discover the upstairs rooms were largely ransacked and items missing. Everyone's electricals that weren't on them were gone, like laptops, iPads, cameras. Passports were gone, and my housemate's weed stash was taken. A baseball cap from the girl whose room was on the third floor was found in another person's bedroom on the second floor meaning the intruder wore the cap and took it off as he they proceeded through the house it then hit me what about my room i raced downstairs to check my belongings and discovered that my handbag at the bottom of the bed was missing and my ex's phone and wallet that were also at the bottom of the bed was taken my laptop was on the bedside table beside me and was untouched the intruders managed to break open the front door go through the entire house ransack rooms looking for things to steal and actually opened the door of the bedroom we were sleeping in to take things right in front of the bed we were in and we never woke up to any of it to say i was shook when i found out what happened was an absolute understatement the police came to take our statements and file a report but nothing ever came of it to this day i'm still super uneasy to go to bed in an empty house after that night i am forever thankful that we never woke up in the middle of the robbery or that I went home alone that night, because the outcome could have been very different. Myself and my two cousins were out hunting. I'd met up with my younger cousin, and we both hiked up to an old logging road. We then heard a very loud scream come from across the valley. It was about a mile or so across and the scream seemed so loud at first I thought that some lady was screaming for help or something. The screaming lasted for just a short time, maybe 30, 45 seconds or so. I asked my cousins what that sound was, and they said they have never heard it before, even though they have hunted these woods for about seven years now. I then remembered that I read in a book that Sasquatch sometimes make a loud screaming noise. I still do not know exactly what made that noise. So I started at college in September 2022. 
It was so great because I'm a little strange and realized there was around more people who liked art and were a little strange. It was nice at the start, but obviously a little awkward at times. There was a couple people I felt I clicked with straight away, and there were various people I would sometimes talk to in class. I was kind of finding a couple of these talks, especially with this one girl. She had an accent that would fluctuate between American, British, and kind of Swiss were in England. I don't know it was something that I would fixate on, cuz I have had had. At first, I figured she may have autism, but obviously I couldn't know before. Time went on, and we started all talking together on a big table, which was all good until there were controversial topics coming up from the girl. Over time, she would continue to share more unpopular opinions she had, such as transgender people, her views on men as a whole, and many more things that in this day and age obviously became an extremely uncomfortable conversation. I was beginning to get really distracted by all of this and was slipping behind, and the deadline was soon. I decided to message this girl to just ask her if we could maybe stop the provocation of crazy debates. She took it kind of well. I'm not really sure she just said, okay, I get that. I felt really bad and tried to reassure her that she wasn't doing anything wrong, really, and it was just distracting me and my friends and no one else was going to say it. I'm often quite forward and communicative in bad situations. She then messaged me about two weeks later saying I was attacking her beliefs and how I've made her feel completely ostracized. After this, in school we didn't talk. Although she would come up to my friends and call them bestie and whatnot, it was really awkward. Then a group of three friends in my class told me she told one of them, who was trans themselves, that she wanted to know what it would be like to stab someone, and she probably could if she got angry enough. I was pretty creeped out, and we started to see things on her social media suggesting she was immensely transphobic and was a radicalized feminist. We reported this to the college, and they said they would speak to her. The next week, she came up to me and sort of confronted me about reporting her calling me selfish and was laughing in my face. I told her, I really just don't want to be surrounded with this much hate and that my classmates are beginning to feel unsafe around you, so I want you to leave. Okay, it was a little mean, but I got so mad. A couple days later, she was regularly being pulled into meetings about the reports. On the Friday... She was called into a mediation meeting with the transgender people in the class with teachers to settle the situation with communication. Right as she was pulled from the class, she walks up to me while I was sitting down doing my work and whispered in my ear, I will expose you, and walked out. I was genuinely disturbed at this point. Luckily, it was the end of term, and we had a week off for things to cool down. Once we were back, I found out she had been moved into a different class, Safe to say I was pretty excited about this, as what we were fighting for did something. They can't exactly kick her out, but still a gesture. Sorry if I'm getting off track. Things really did cool off for a while, and it was all good. This last week, uh, I went into the other class, as all resources are in that room, and we have a tiny computer room. She was in there, sat with my only friends in the other class. This was weird. She sat there and started crying when I came in. I left and came back a couple times because I needed stuff. You know how it is. And that was the end of it. Until yesterday. I thought the issue was dealt with finally and she was blocked on all socials, so she wasn't living in my mind at all. I got 14 voice messages from this girl saying her life is a mistake. 
then changing too, she's right. And then she started threatening me. At this point, I started having a fully blown panic attack. The way she was speaking with anger and intent. She was acting like an evil villain or something. I listened to the Remain Eleven and she started telling me to read the scum manifesto. I have no idea someone explain, please. She then started saying she forgives all of us, but one girl that was friends with this girl's love interest, she ended it by saying she was never going to be listened to and that she never thought I could do this to her and then I stabbed her in the back by lying. I haven't been back to college today and don't plan to. And I think there are some serious issues going on here. I feel like she's a bomb waiting to go off. I just don't feel safe. What do you think, Reddit? I'm George, a part-time trucker who finds himself on the road transporting animals for a rodeo event in Oklahoma. On one fateful night, as I traversed a desolate highway in the heart of Oklahoma, nature called and I was in desperate need of a restroom break. I maneuvered my truck to the side of the road and decided to venture into the nearby desert to relieve myself. As I relieved the pressure, an unsettling odor wafted through the air, assaulting my senses with its pungency. Finished with my task, I turned my attention toward the source of the scent, squinting into the distance. To my shock, I beheld an unknown humanoid creature, its presence both fascinating and unnerving. The creature stood tall, approximately eight feet in height, with a complexion that seemed to meld shades of dark gray and hints of brown. A peculiar mane reminiscent of a male lion's, but with shorter hair along its body and legs, adorned its frame. What struck me the most was its ability to walk upright on its hind legs, resembling a distorted fusion of human and animal attributes. As my eyes met its gaze, a shiver crawled down my spine. Glowing with an otherworldly intensity, the creature's eyes held an eerie hue, reminiscent of flickering flames from the depths of the netherworld. Intrigued and unnerved, I reached for the flashlight, conveniently placed behind me in the truck cabin. With trembling hands, I aimed the beam toward the mysterious figure, hoping to catch a clearer glimpse of its form. Yet, as the light pierced through the darkness, the creature vanished before my eyes, dissolving into the night like a fleeting apparition. The only remnants of its presence were the echoes of my own rapid heartbeat, and the lingering questions that danced in my mind. Perplexed and filled with a sense of wonder mixed with trepidation, I retraced my steps back to the truck, pondering the enigma that had unfolded before me. Was this encounter with an unknown creature some kind of cryptid? I had my mind conjured a fantastical apparition in the solitude of the desert night. Throughout the remainder of my journey, the memory of that peculiar creature remained etched in my thoughts. Its existence challenged the boundaries of what I believed to be possible, opening my mind to the vast mysteries that lie concealed within the tapestry of our world. As I continued my trucking endeavors, I carried with me not only the cargo I transported, but also the haunting curiosity of that enigmatic encounter, forever etched in my memories. My friend's mom is a big backpacker. In the 80s, she hiked a pretty large portion of the Pacific Crest Trail. On some of her trips, she would go solo. This was one of those trips 
She was out there for a little over a week, just hiking and taking pictures and camping along the trail. Anyway, trip goes off without a hitch, and she had a great time. Now, mind you, this was back before digital cameras, so after she got back from her trip, she went to get her film developed. She got her pictures back and was looking through them when suddenly her heart dropped. Amongst the pictures she took of all the great landscapes were multiple pictures taken at night of her sleeping. Remember, she was solo on the trip. Someone had seen her on the trail, snuck into her camp at night, and took pictures of her while she slept. For some reason, I want to say there were pics from multiple places she stayed, like the dude had been following her, but I might be making that part up. She never went solo again. I always try to lean towards a logical explanation. A couple of years ago, my hunting partner and I were doing some bear hunting about six miles in and a long way off trail. He slept in a hammock and I was in a tent. I woke up to him screaming at something to get the F out of here and then the sound of him running off into the woods. I immediately thought about how ballsy he was to chase something off into the dark like that. Then he yelled at me from his sleeping spot to get out there with my pistol and light. I was out there in seconds and he was tangled in his mummy bag and hammock, rifle in hand and ghost white. There was someone standing over me and I saw their silhouette. They ran when I yelled. This was like 2 a.m. and we never found any trace of anyone the next day. I know what I heard definitely was running, on two legs. My buddy used to be the kind of guy that did a bunch of solo backpacking, but now he won't go into the woods overnight alone. <laughs>